Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash profaneargument or click the Audible link on our website, profaneargument.com. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPad, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast for Tuesday, August 8th, 2017. My name is Ray, and along with me are... I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. This week, we will be talking about the latest governmental report on climate change and atheists in the land of Islam. Mm-hmm. But first, I wanted to mention the uh, we got a tweet that I thought was important. Uh, last time on our show, we talked about the Harry Potter evangelical rewrite, a mother rewriting the Harry Potter story and removing all satanic references, quote-unquote sure. satanic. Uh, turns out that was not true, or as the term is now, fake news. Fake news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There is an article on Snopes about that, and uh, apparently there are some partial rewrites, but yeah, the, the, the basic story of a mother doing it to uh, remove all satanic references is apparently not true, so just thought I'd update on that. This story about me telling a story that is fake news is fake news. <laughs> <laughs> the new- I actually couldn't remember who brought it up. It was me. <laughs> okay. The new thing to do now is when you're shown evidence that you are wrong is to just deny it and say it was fake. So I say, shock of God, fake news. Although I did check <laughs> it and you were right. <laughs> You've just blown my whole world up. I've been telling that story every day for two years. <laughs> Complete strangers. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't mothers out there across the Christian land with Sharpies in hand crossing out the bits they don't like. Because I'm sure there are. Right. But and even and this this is from uh, at shock of God who is on Twitter. But uh, even he, he said not that this story is impossible or, or even unlikely. So, <laughs> but the evidence of said rewrite does not exist. Yeah, no, I'm going to trick a woman into doing it for her kids, <laughs> and then I'll be able to tell the story and feel good about myself that I'm not telling a fake news story. Posted on the Milford Borough page. <laughs> yep. I'll, yeah. I'll <laughs> subtly suggest isn't Harry Potter a dirty heathen? <laughs> <laughs> he is a witch. He's a wizard. <laughs> Sorry. Wizard. <laughs> What's the difference? The, the other thing that I wanted to mention off of Twitter, at ZRAM, I mentioned in the title of last week's show something about Jared shitting on the flag. I don't know. Mm. Um, <laughs> and he, he responded, well, that sure is a title. Hope it's not literal. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. So I... <laughs> so I just wanted to to mention it again and say that, it, I mean, if you didn't listen or if we weren't clear last time, I think the comments about the flag, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, anyone here, mm. but I think the whole point is that uh, the comments about the flag were, were basically that it's not sacred. Nothing is sacred. Sacred means it's, it's like holy of divine nature. The flag, while it's an important symbol... It's, I mean, a flag is just made out of cloth and, you know, humans make it sacred by placing an importance on it and exaggerating their respect. Right. It's not, uh, it's not that we were necessarily being anti-patriotic. Right. Or maybe one of us is, I don't know, but. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm just saying, I'm sure the founding fathers would be okay with you dressing a wound if you had no cloth with the flag. 
Yeah. Right. The problem is, is that a lot of Christians in this country have come to the conclusion that the flag was given to us by God, hence making it sacred. I've that's, seen the painting. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's That's not correct. It is not a sacred artifact. May I refer everybody to the episode of Futurama where Dr. Zoidberg eats the flag and they try to throw him in jail. <laughs> <laughs> and But the flag represents his right to eat the flag. Yeah. The, the flag is emblematic of our freedoms. But where do you guys stand on flag burning? Pro. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> I said pro. Well, it's it's like it's 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 the same as you know. I'm I'm not um, pro abortion, but so I'm not pro burn flag burning, <laughs> but I, I'm not anti flag burning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's done too often. I think people go to exaggeration a little too easily. Mm. I think that I mean, I've, burning the American flag is. I mean. I think that is a very strong statement, hmm. and I think that sometimes it's overused, um, well, especially overseas. But I guess, you know, that they have a point to be made, and that's the one way to get on television. Sure. Well, I mean, is there a difference between an Islamist in, I don't know, some town in Iraq burning an American flag and a protester in America burning an American flag? What's the difference? Yes. I, I distinctly think there's a difference because one is an American. Hmm. And an American burning an American flag to me, there's more, there's there's more significance there. Yeah, the the yeah, no, you're correct. Not only do I think there are more more significance, and I think you know more protections in place so that they should be able to do that. I feel like when when someone overseas burns a flag, they're just taking obvious representation of the United States to say we are against the United States. Right. Yes. And they like, know that it'll bother a bunch of people. So. Oh sure. So I I don't know I feel like it is less impactful but I you know I I get it. Mm. What was it? Oh, what was it when Trump was elected? Somebody there was somebody downtown State College burning small flags. It was, it was a weird police article in in the local newspaper. I remember something about that, but I didn't really uh, pay yeah, that much attention to it. He was accosted by a couple of of uh, local citizens and told it to cut it the hell out and. Then he kept doing it, so I think somebody called the police on him. I don't know what happened in the end, but... I don't believe he was breaking any laws. No, was I don't it? believe he was. Although maybe you can't burn shit in public. I, I was yeah. going to say, as long as he's disposing of them in a fire-safe environment. Well, as, we've, you know, as we've found out, you cannot burn the bushes downtown. That gets you in trouble, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next thing that I have, we had previously talked about the Bible studies in the presidential cabinet. Ugh. Yes. And I, we talked about that quite a bit, and I don't really want to rehash that. But the one thing we didn't talk about too much is the guy leading it. And I found out some more information about him, and I wanted to, to bring that up. So Ralph Drollinger is the guy's name. Okay. So I didn't know this about him at all. He is a seven foot one former well. <laughs> UCLA basketball star. <laughs> People in California already knew him. He was a member of the UCLA basketball team uh, took them to four NCAA tournaments in the 70s. He played on America's World Cup basketball team and then passed up an opportunity to join the NBA so that he could tour the globe with athletes in action, an evangelical basketball team that preached gospel during halftimes. Oh, my. You fool. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he now runs he now has the goal uh, of his two decade old ministry he his goal is to bring jesus christ to politicians at every stop along their car uh, career path and in 2004 he uh while addressing a group 
the Capital Ministries group to teach evangelical interpretations of the Bible to politicians. While addressing them, he said, It's one thing for a mother to work out of her home while her children are in school, but it's quite another to have the children in the home and live somewhere else in Sacramento, was his example from where he was talking, for four days a week. Whereas the former could be in keeping with the spirit in Proverbs, the latter is sinful. So he's, he directly is saying that mothers should stay at home with their children. And if they don't, they're committing a sin. So he spoke to uh, the LA Times in 2004 with the controversy around that statement. He acknowledged that he frequently didn't see his own children while traveling for work. And he expressed no regrets about his remarks and saying that it wasn't a double standard. And he said that you, you shouldn't label fathers of young children serving as sinners because he says that the belief was that husbands are free to serve leadership roles outside the home, but should be extra sensitive about being away too long. So if women do it, they're sinners. But if men do it, well, that's, you know. <laughs> that's an outside leadership role. That's important. Right. Karen, well, that's you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming – I don't know what's in Proverbs 31. I'm assuming that is one in his book. Is there something about mothers in there or is he just assuming something that's not I don't – I didn't book? look up Proverbs 31. I don't – I'm not really sure. It doesn't surprise me at all, of course, because the evangelicals have this idea that um, women's role is primarily in the home as, as to raise the children. So no surprise. The fact that he is has access to politicians and is leading him – leading them is, is – a slightly terrifying, but not surprising again. I have two so, things. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, one, I love how these guys take the Constitution as like this sacred document that has <laughs> to be followed, yet seem to somehow ignore the part about the separation of church and state because he's like, I'm going to bring Christianity to all the politicians. Mm. Right. I mean, what is up with that? And two, what is going on with the fucking picture in the article? <laughs> Who is – what is this guy wearing? It's just – He looks like he's wearing an apron and I'm not sure yeah, why. Yeah, is he like trying to show like what women should be doing? Like so he put that on. Like they should be cooking and they should be cleaning. So they're wearing this thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know. I really wish I had the story behind that picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. He's, oh, he's wearing a kitchen apron to protest a pastor's remark in 2004. Um, doesn't say why. So Proverbs 31, just real quick, I re-skimmed it. Proverbs 31 defines the, basically the job of a wife of a noble. Um, and it, it says that uh, – it, it, it's way too long for me to quote here. But it details things that she should be doing at home hmm. uh, while the nobleman is, is taking care of his job. Noble specifically, though. That's interesting. Yeah. Well – I think that's who it was directed at. Uh, another thing at the same time, Drollinger also declared that Roman Catholicism is one of the primary false religions in the world, uh, which that that made his Bible study group had to move out of the sweet offices that they were in because the offices were controlled by Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is a Catholic. It, there's no there's no direct evidence that uh, Arnold made him move out, but. That's pretty much <laughs> what everyone thinks happened. Yeah. yeah. Good on you, Arnie. <laughs> so the fact that he chose an article, Proverbs 31, which talks about nobles' wives, I find interesting. Because it kind of it's a continuation of this theme that I've heard recently about the people in government. And it's class, a form of class warfare. I mean, they are considering themselves above all of us. 
you definitely get that impression. I mean, Trump did it when he was talking down to uh, the Boy Scouts, calling them workers. The work workers. The workers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there was another one, too, recently. Um, yeah, he, he was at the golf club, and he's like, you guys are my special. You're, you're my people. You're the special people. Right. Referring to all the rich fuckers who can go to his club. Right. Mm. There seems to be definitely a trend to not hide their cla- their elite classism recently. I don't know. The things that they do are more important than the things that I do, but it doesn't make them more important than I am. There's a distinction. Right. Yeah. But I've learned, and we talked about this on our show last night, is that there's a psychological attribute to certain people that they believe that because he's in that position and because of the money that he has, that he is a better person. Hmm. And that you should kowtow to him. Wow. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have I have a problem with that at people that I work with. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like directors and managers, they're still people. Their their job is to manage people, and my job is to you know take care of of designs. That doesn't make you better than me. Nope. You just have a different job. <laughs> right, but do you have people at your job who kiss up to the boss? Oh, oh yeah. constantly. There you go. I bet you, and who you think they voted for? <laughs> or maybe you know. I don't. In my case, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know for a fact they voted for Trump. Yeah. Well, I wonder. So people that do um, kowtow and you know suck up to their to their betters, are they inherently more inclined to vote for Trump? Yes. I would they also believe in, in high social hierarchy things. Yeah. And they love to kiss up and punch down. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. But we had, I think we had this discussion a couple weeks ago about leadership and, and our yeah. reaction. Like, my yeah. normal reaction is to be skeptical of every leader right off the bat. <laughs> but I'm, I'm also a big proponent of respect is earned. It's not just given. Yeah, that's an argument we're having right now. I, I, well, I'm having with people at work. Is you have to give people respect. I'm like, nah. I, I, I need to give them the opportunity to prove that, that um, my respect of them, it, it, that I should respect them. I, they get a neutral period. <laughs> Where they earn or do not earn my respect. Well, I think maybe the word respect gets thrown around too much because, you know, treating somebody nice you know, oh. <laughs> and not being an asshole to them is not really respecting them. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it was more about trust, I guess, right. than, than respect. I'm inherently not trusting of people at first, but I'll give them uh, a neutral benefit of the doubt for a while. <laughs> hmm. So, again, this Drollinger guy, he's the one doing the Bible studies for Attorney General Jeff Sessions, Betsy yeah. DeVos... Sonny Perdue, Mike Pompeo, a lot of the cabinet of Trump, which is why it's overly concerned. And there was a interview, a lawyer from the Freedom From Religion Foundation, Andrew Seidel, uh, was on Fox News talking about this. I'll put a link up to that because I thought it was a pretty interesting conversation. Although, like most of, I mean, these interviews, they bring people on for, and they they have like 30 seconds to talk. It's not a whole lot of information. And they cut Seidel off quite a bit, but I think most of it was due to time factor. And they cut him off while he was speaking some, but I think some of that was because there was a video delay. So I don't want to be too, I mean, even though it's Fox, I want to give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because I think they, I mean, I give them a little bit just because they brought on a lawyer from the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Hmm. But I think he handled he handled the situation well. They had him up against a like a Christian, I don't know, apologist, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so in any case, it's a it's an interesting video. We get a chance. Um he makes some good arguments. He basically makes the argument, look, we need to look at this from a legality standpoint. Is what they're doing legal considering they're doing a Bible study on taxpayer 
time. And then also just a, is it proper? Well, it's not proper. I don't know about the legalities. I'm still puzzled as to why Betsy DeVos is there and accepted to be there. Is it just because she's past childbearing age and her children are grown that she's allowed? Right. Her children are grown. <laughs> mm. Her husband doesn't need her at home cleaning and making dinner? Well, she's one of the noble class. They have servants for that. Exactly. Oh, sure. <laughs> the workers do that, Karen. <laughs> oh, the workers, right. Boy Scouts and all, yeah. You haven't got this mindset down yet, I don't <laughs> uh, So the FFRF has submitted records requests to determine the legality of the uh, Bible study. Uh, moving on. that We mentioned this last time, the Satanist invocation, the guy who the won guy a who raffle. sold his raffle, yeah. Yeah. So that happened. Well, gave his raffle, didn't sell it, obviously. Right. Yeah. Sold his raffle ticket to the devil. <laughs> uh, so that actually happened in Grand Junction... Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so it went over exceptionally well. Uh, there are links to the video if you want to see the guy's invocation and the lead up to it. Basically, before he gave the invocation, the council members had went into a description of why this guy was giving the invocation. He's like, <laughs> look, this is an invocation that can be given by anyone from the town. It is meant for, you know, a respectful start of our session and anybody can get up and leave if they want to they made sure to say that mm -hmm. and then they handed it over to him and he gave a very respectful invocation declaring that people should use reason and logic and not uh archaic divine method methods of determining what they should do and then at the end, he said, Hail Satan. And uh, then they went on with their <laughs> council meeting. They did so much better. Hail Satan. I'd love to see them interviewing somebody afterward and be like, what do you think? He's like, I really liked all of it, except that last part. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I, I think I think it, he, did a, he did a great job. I, I have no problem with anything that he said. Uh, except for the hail Satan part. And I did some minor, <laughs> I don't believe in Satan. So I think that's just silly, but, um, I'm pretty sure he yeah, doesn't either. That, I think it went well. <laughs> and apparently the people who stayed, who were in the audience, there were some people who were just there because they wanted to see what was going to happen. And they were interviewed afterward and they said, yeah, it was way calmer than we expected. And it made <laughs> sense. And not actually that interesting. Turns out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amusing. So over in Knoxville, Tennessee, they have taken down a sign that was in the Knoxville Police Department. The sign was a quote from Romans 831. What shall we then say to these things if there, if God be for us, then who can be against us? They had this in the local police department and, um, I don't remember who it was. Somebody complained to the local uh, alliance. I don't remember who, what the group was. I don't have it written down. Uh, it says the, uh, it was just a local residence. Yeah, he complained. I'm trying to, uh, I don't see who he complained to, but in any case, oh. I think it was a local group. Yeah, it was East Tennessee chapter of the FFRF. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So he complained, they sent a letter in, and I think, I thought this was, was kind of interesting because they took down the sign the city law director, Charles Swanson, he started out with saying, well, the atheists are making making us take this down. <laughs> He's basically saying we could fight and argue f to keep it. But what's the point? I don't really think it was in a public place and we don't have the money to fight that sort of thing. Wasn't worth financing a fight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> However... After he said that, a whole bunch of Christian people, including CBN, Christian Broadcast Network, 
hmm. came up and said, well, we'll fund you. We'll fund oh, you to fight man. this. <laughs> and at that point, the mayor, uh, Madeline Rogero, who I probably mispronounced that name as well, but uh, she came out and said, as our founders recognized when they wrote the Constitution, the best protection for religious liberty is to restrict the government's role in promoting or endorsing any particular faith. We may not understand the Bible verse that gives us strength and comfort may send an entirely different message to someone else that you are not welcome here. And they, they she, she basically said, we're taking it down because of what they said, because they're right. She she did a one eighty and said, No, we're not we're not arguing because we don't have the money. We're not arguing because we would lose. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And And with free money thrown at her too. Yeah. A good Christian. Huh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so Mayor Ma- Madeline Ruggiero, good job. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure <laughs> we would call you a friend. <laughs> you have my vote. Yeah. If you ever live uh, in Knoxville. <laughs> right. I don't only think that's she, likely. Only she lets a Satanist do the invocation in her. <laughs> <laughs> Seems a little unlikely. All right. So this one I think is is interesting. Over in Michigan, there's a cottage town that has a rule, a resolution, that says that only Christians are allowed to own property there. So a, what is a cottage town? It is a um, private town, basically? It is, it, yeah, basically, it is a township with, like, a, just, they have a lot of local rules. Like, you know, everybody has their own neighborhood rules. Mm. So, in this case, the Bayview Association, they call themselves the Bayview Association of the United Methodist Church. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and originally, in 1942, they had a resolution that stated, No person shall be accepted as a member of this association or be allowed to rent or lease property or a room for longer than the period of one day unless the person is of the white race and a Christian. Oh, my. Wow. <laughs> uh, in the In the early 50s... The white race bit was struck out, but they left in the Christian part. Now, yeah, that part about, you know, no person of color can live, you know, east of the railroad tracks kind of stuff. That happened a lot of places in the 30s. That that was not uncommon. No, not at all. Uh, Where I grew up in Ohio, our local village had a rule, had a law that said that uh, no person of color could uh, spend the night Mm. within the town limits. Wow. So, yeah, not uncommon. Uh, in this case, oh, the though, good old days. <laughs> <laughs> they left in the part about needing to be a Christian, and not only a Christian, they, they were very particular in that you had to be Methodist, and you had to provide a letter from a Methodist pastor in order to buy or rent or lease in the area. Like a letter of reference? Yes. Huh. Um, in one case, a Catholic doctor bought a cottage and was required to sell due solely to his religion and their religious quota. That can't be legal, can it? Well, I mean, just like Trump cannot, you know, refuse to um, rent his Manhattan apartments to black people, he, you cannot refuse to sell your house to a so, person of a different religion. So, if let's say that a church owned all of the property, they could. If it were a private property, they could only rent out to certain qualifying people. That would be legal. But a new lawsuit has been filed by the Bayview – I'm going to really mispronounce this. This is a uh, Native American name. Chautauqua, uh, the Chautauqua Inclusiveness Group, uh, backed by the uh, 
Fair Housing Act. Well, they say that the first, that they're in violation of the First Amendment, the Fair Housing Act, and the and Michigan's Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say that the entire thing is in violation of all of those because they are the the Bayview is an independently operated. It is a for profit company. They pay taxes and they are not a church property, and they maintain a state delegated police power. So. That they're a town. They're a town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're saying that you have to be Methodist to uh, to own property here. Yeah, that, that's again, com- squarely against the Civil Rights Act. Yes. It has to be. I mean, it sounds like they're arguing in state court first, so they're not invoking the Civil Rights Act. But if they get to the Supreme Court, they'll be bringing it in. <laughs> yeah. I don't see how it wouldn't be shut down quick. Yeah. Their argument is that... Well, they're not in violation because there's already a way for the bylaws to be changed. All that requires is that the current members vote to change the bylaws. So since that clause is there, it's possible for those laws to change. Therefore, we're not in violation. So the idea that we only allow Methodists here and those Methodists can vote as to whether or not we want to keep everybody but Methodists out. Therefore, we're not in violation. (laughs) This is so confusing, and I'm I, in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand what they, how they think that they're on the, the right side of the law here. Well, I, I don't know how you can have a purely private organization that owns the equivalent of a town. It, it, that can't, that's not a thing, is it? So my understanding is that they uh, basically the, they oversee the – I forget what it's called. When you have a local local group, like you have a bunch of condos, and they're all under a – Homeowners oh, Association, yeah, right. I th- yeah, I think absolutely. that's what this is. Yeah, but you can't you can't have a homeowners association that says you know a black person can't move in next door or absolutely a Jew not. can't. You can't do that. The civil well, rights you in the forties. Sure. <laughs> then the Civil Rights Act was created, and you can't do that now. <laughs> and the Fair Housing Act. Sure, but I think you can buy a town. I think that's legit. Huh. I think I think there was a a large marijuana growing conglomerate that just purchased a town in Southern California. That sounds familiar. Instead, I saw that in the news. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just happened. They own, it's a very small town, but you know, it's, it's got, you know, public streets, a general store, that sort of thing. And hmm. they want to turn it into a completely recreational weed paradise or something. <laughs> Not if Jeff Sessions has anything to say about it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Now, I've true. always wondered about, like, were there people living in this town prior to them buying it? Did everybody agree to sell? They just, yeah, maybe. You know, is that, so is that how money? it is? You'd be like, okay, you can have my house. Yeah. Oh, the, the, oh, the wait, this town where the Methodists live or the, the one town. in California? Yeah. Either way. Uh, no, I think it was largely abandoned. Oh, oh okay. okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll get you the details for next show. Okay. But, I mean, if you say, for example, if it's just land... And you have a group that buys up the land and builds housing and then only allows certain types of people to buy into that housing. Nope. Can't do it. No. Can well, you? Well, they did originally. And again, this was in 1942. Yeah. It's not 1942. They need to stop doing that now. Right. And the law is still on, on – or their law, their resolution is still on their books. It's not and they're law, saying though. That it's, right. <laughs> And that's the, just but they're policy. saying that it's they're Sorry. saying it's legal, and I don't no. see how they have any ground to stand on. I don't think so. Did I ever tell you guys about the cats tax that I have to pay for the township that I live in? Cats tax? <laughs> yeah, no? it's called the cats tax. K A T Z. 
No. Oh, okay, good. I was concerned for a minute, but I was like, and you still keep two of them in your house? You're crazy. <laughs> what is this catch tax for? <laughs> so a few years ago, before I moved into this township, when I was living over in Jersey, there was a young a gentleman, Dr. Katz, not not the one on Comedy Central. <laughs> not, not, the, not the one. <laughs> not, not the Dr. Katz. Okay. He wanted to open some business in the in the township here for some reason, and he was going through the usual hoops and bullshit that had to go on. And they had a town, uh, a board meeting one day, and a lot of people showed up, and someone on the board said, look, I'm not letting this Jew come into town and build a business here. Oh. Well, it turns out Dr. Katz was in the audience, and they didn't know that. <laughs> and all the board meetings are filmed. <laughs> so he took him to court, and now the township owes him millions of dollars that we all have to pay for this stupid tax for. <laughs> oh, wow. You're paying off the... the, the wow. Yep. yep. <laughs> wow. I live in Westfall Township. It is literally a strip of road. <laughs> So you're paying a tax because of an anti-Semitic comment that was made during a town hall meeting? Yeah, I'm just stunned. Yeah. Yeah. When was this? A couple years ago. Huh. Still paying it off. A couple years ago? Yeah. Man. I didn't know. They took out a bond and you're paying off the bond? (laughs) I don't (laughs) know the the particulars. I wasn't living here when it happened. I just know that everybody calls it the cat's tax. (laughs) I'm sure they have it named differently on the tax bill. (laughs) That's wacky. That is that is wacky. I, again, I did they not know that they were in public? Who just shouts out <laughs> their hatred for Jews in the middle of a meeting? Morons on the border town. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't even know the half of it. There is <laughs> – I might have spoken about this on the show. There used to be this restaurant over in, uh, in Dingman's Ferry, which is the town <laughs> on the other side of Milford. It's been here for years. It was run by a, a very, very uh, Italian family. And it had a lot of mob ties. A lot of mob guys, when they were uh, had too much heat on them in the city, would come up here and stay at this uh, restaurant called Mount Haven. They had, like, hotels and cabins. They had a little mansion you could have weddings at. And uh, it had been here forever. And they decided to sell, eventually, uh, last year. And they sold it to some Hasidic Jews. Mm. And the Hasidic Jews immediately gated off the place. And, yeah. And you know how they like to make their compounds and shit like that. They love it. Yeah. But they claimed that the, that this, what they were doing with this, with the property was they were going to do a summer camp or some kind of facility for handicapped children. So okay. it seemed like a good enough thing to me. They changed the name of it from Mount Haven to Har Haven. <laughs> People didn't like that. Now on the Milford Facebook page, there is like a secret cadre of spies in town keeping a close watch on the Jews. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, this is in public. They're t- saying this. like, uh, And they're like, <laughs> what are they doing up there? Have you seen what happened to this other town? And they constantly post articles of what Hasidic Jews are doing in these towns. And they're like, it's going to happen to us. Ring the bell. <laughs> ring the death bell. <laughs> now, the Hasidic Jews do have some unusual customs and there will be some things that will probably irk irk people but i don't think that kind of panic is necessary (laughs) i don't know they look for any reason to bitch about what's apparently they had some kind of party over there and everyone's like this is completely unsafe there's cars all over the road (laughs) (laughs) jesus and i guess what the pro the the, what they're all referring to is there's a town in upstate new york from here called kiris joel i don't know if anybody's heard of this town no but it has been completely taken over by hasidic jews Hmm. 
And uh, to the point where, like, they're getting laws passed and shit like that. Like, you're not allowed to curse in the town. Oh, jeez. They're saying if you're going to pass through town or walk through town and you're not part of the religion, could you please not show your ankles if you're a woman? <laughs> Just weird shit like that. And then uh, there's all kinds of, like, FBI cases coming out of there of money laundering and, and kid touching and shit like that. So they use that as fuel for the fire up here <laughs> for Harhaven. Wow. <laughs> To my knowledge, as far as I know, they're 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 well, they're trying to fuck them in the courts and in the board of of what they want to do. They keep stymieing them, so it's been sitting there pretty much not doing anything because they hate Jews. Yeah, <laughs> like I had a friend of mine who's like, yeah. he goes, "You on that Milford Borough page?" I like, he goes, he, he goes, "I had no idea everybody hated Jews so much in this town." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, <yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know how this relates to that other story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a private Jew- Jewish town. Yeah. I'm sure they have an Erev up, right? They've got an invisible wire so that they can pick up their keys on the holy day? Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, anyway, I'm sure this thing in Michigan will be uh, resolved in the courts because, Quickly. like I said, yeah. their their argument is just ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the courts, over in Arkansas, a court, a federal court, has issued an injunction against abortion restrictions. Good. Specifically, there were four pieces of the law that they say violate the constitution uh, i think in this case the state constitution mm-hmm. but the aclu and the aclu of arkansas as well as the center for reproductive rights filed a lawsuit and it was upheld by the federal court so the things that were specifically mentioned uh, the suit challenges a ban on second trimester abortion care, prohibits a patient from obtaining abortion care until their physician has spent an undefined amount of time and effort to obtain medical records relating to their entire pregnancy history. So basically the law would require the doctor performing the <laughs> abortion to contact every doctor that the person that the woman has ever seen before. <laughs> Uh, it would wow. also force doctors to notify the patient's family members about the right to participate in the disposition of tissue from the abortion or miscarriage. And yes, this is the, uh, if you're rapist, get, yeah, give your sure. rapist the right to, uh, to Block. stop your abortion. Yeah. Uh, it also, the law violates the privacy rights of patients under the age of 17 by disclosing <laughs> their names and information about their healthcare needs to local law enforcement. Wow. Wait, what? Could you repeat that? (laughs) People under 17, if you are 17 or uh, under and you go in for an an abortion, your name and information would have to be disclosed to law enforcement so that they could look up all information on you to make sure – basically, it was to make sure that your guardian was who they said they were and – I am certain that is illegal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Good effort. Wow. <laughs> yeah. As the article says, and this article is on rewire.news, as the article states, this is Arkansas was the most laws against abortions that we have seen to date. Uh, this year, they put forward, what was it, 14 different laws to reduce the number of abortions? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, I wanted to follow up on this because this was it's this sparked a large discussion in our group yeah. about the the rights of the father. Sure. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I don't want to get get into that again necessarily, but I'm keeping uh, my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> so the ACLU's Reproductive Freedom Project supported it. So I, I get the distinct impression that there is a 
concerted effort to just wear down, you know, the Reproductive Freedom Project group and groups like it just to, you know, outnumber them with all these laws. Sure. So I think it's it's important for people to still, you know, fund these um, groups like the ACLU Reproductive Freedom Project and keep fighting back. Don't get worn down by it because then they win. If yeah. we don't fight them every time, one of them's going to stick. And once they get a toehold, then yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll spread. These laws were due to go into effect, most of it in uh, in July. So, yeah, the court ruling was just in time. Hmm. Wow. I'm going to move on to Alabama. And this is, yeah, this is going <laughs> to be interesting. So the Alab- there's an Alabama runoff for a, a Senate chair. Uh, the, the chair that was left by Jeff, Jeff Sessions when he became attorney general. So there are basically three people who are running for this. And the three people are an incumbent, uh, the person who was appointed, who appoints that governor, I think it is. I think it is, yeah. Luther Strange, a uh, U.S. Representative Mo Brooks, or former Chief Justice Roy Moore. Well, suspended Supreme Court Chief Justice Roy Moore. Yes. Roy Moore is known as the Ayatollah of Alabama. Say that again? He is known as the Ayatollah of Alabama. Oh, my. I love that nickname. (laughs) Yeah. So he was previously removed as Chief Justice in 2003 for defying a federal court who ordered him to remove a monument, uh, the Ten Commandments monument from the Alabama Judicial Building. This guy. I remember this guy. Yeah. We've talked about him before. We have. He was then reelected as Chief Justice. (laughs) In 2012. And then in 2016, he was again suspended by the state court for refusing to comply with the United States Supreme Court <laughs> in a decision to legalize same-sex marriages. Right. That's right. That's when we talked about him. Yes. So he has been taken off of his position of the uh, chief justice twice, and now he's running for Senate. And the uh, the thing about this is, in a new poll, the Alabama Republican shows that he is holding a comfortable lead over his rivals. Apparently, Strange and Brooks thought that Moore was nothing to worry about, so they have been putting out ads against each uh, other, attacking each other. Nice. <laughs> so now, if nobody likes either of them because they both have been pointing out how they're both corrupt. Yeah. And Moore is now uh, at a 30%, while Strange is at 22%, and Brooks is at 19 So that brings up a, a slight tangent, but does anybody like attack ads? Are you asking us? Yeah. I mean, uh, or, who, or a, better, a better question, who likes attack ads, and why do they keep using them? Because it doesn't seem like anybody likes them. The red meat eaters. They yeah. love them. Huh. I'm not sure about that. I really like red meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean the fictional or, or uh, red, stereotypical, you know. right? Huh. I don't know. I think it. I think it was a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing to do in a primary because you tear each other down, and then no matter who wins, your opponent in in the main election is going to use that information against you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big proponent of attack ads. I'd rather them in a perfect world they would just stick to their issues. And say, I believe this, and that's what I stand for, and that's that's me. Vote for me, right? Well, you know, I guess it's not so much that I would like to know where you differ from your opponent. Absolutely, tell me how you differ from your opponent, but you don't have to do it in the snide, snarky remark way that they do in attack ads. That's the thing that really puts me off. 
I, I want to know if the person you're running against is corrupt. That's kind of important information. <laughs> but I guess so. But I mean, when you look back at the debates between Trump and Hillary, like when did they ever talk about policy? Very rarely. Very rarely. You know, so and I was like, I'm like, I'm like, look, my decision is made. I knew who I'm voting for. But I go, I don't know what she's going to do. Mm. <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Oh, and there was nobody knew what Trump was going to do. Well, he doesn't know what he, he didn't. No, he still doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Are we at war yet? I haven't heard anything. <laughs> Not yet. Not okay. Yet. Oh, OK. <laughs> Fiery hell hasn't rained down yet. Not yet. <laughs> we still have a few more minutes to go, though. <laughs> Oh, remind me at the end of the show, if you have time, about this article I read on Vice about the propaganda file <laughs> that Trump gets. Oh, that was a fantastic story. Okay. Oh, you read yeah. that. Okay, yeah. okay. Now I'm very curious. I don't know if I have or not. Uh, so the last thing I wanted to say about this uh, Moore guy, uh, guess who endorsed him? Oh, Trump, of course. No. No? Chuck Norris. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and why is the uh, the Ayatollah of Alabama? That, that's got to be an insult, right? In Alabama. I, it depends on who you are, mm. because I think he's called the Ayatollah because of his religious fanaticism. <laughs> okay. So I think if you're a religious fanatic, you don't see that as really being a bad thing. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but Chuck Norris said that uh, he is the real deal. He's tough, tested, and has a spine of steel. I didn't know Chuck Norris rhymed usually, but and then Moore reciprocated and said that uh, Chuck is exactly the kind of guy you want to have on your side. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're in a real bro love relationship there. Chuck, go away! It's an <laughs> internet joke. It's not real. <laughs> I'm just holding out hope that the Democrat candidate. It's Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Alabama, Alabama. So it's really unlikely. But the the guy's name is Robert Kennedy Jr. He's got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dirty so lip. Saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> There are a lot of people that will go into a polling booth, go, uh, I don't recognize any of these names. Oh, I recognize that name. Tick. <laughs> so, Kennedy. True. Yeah, he's got to be a good guy. Yeah, but it's well known that Kennedys are liberals. True, but it's the, it's the, the hazy old days of, of liberals. They're not, they weren't that liberal. I don't know. I've heard some awful shit about Ted Kennedy while he was alive. <laughs> well, well. I, and I, I don't think I don't think it's going to work because I mean the thing that's really working against him the most is how he stood up against higher level courts and lost his job because of it. So I mean he has ideals and yeah. he's willing to stand up against you know big government. Oh God! I don't think the Democrat has a chance. Probably not. <laughs> he's going to win. We oh. know this, right? Do we all know this? He's going to win. Pretty Who much. the Republican guy? This this Ayatollah of Alabama, he's going to win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I don't know about this next story. This is uh, the Mormon town facing a ma major health crisis. Oh well, it's just a revisit of the same things we talked about when we were talking about the Amish. There's this fundamentalist Mormon town that has a major health crisis because the entire population was started from just two men, <laughs> Joseph Jessup and John Barlow, and so they are highly susceptible, and there's a severe you know, high rate of this disease called fumarase deficiency. It's it's some sort of Down syndrome type disease, and it's highly prevalent in this population. So it's just, you know, inbreeding. Someone in should buy that town. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. 75 to 80% of the population of this town are blood relatives. Of the founders. Two men, yeah. So this is inbred <laughs> population of people that are, you know, breeding genetic issues. 
And are they doing anything to stop it, or are they just they're content with this? Oh, I'm sure they're content with it because that that's what God intends. So, what? <laughs> yeah. Gr- yeah. Why is this even a news story? Just let them do it. <laughs> well, because these poor kids. That's horrible. I don't understand. Again, this goes back to the idea that uh, a religious group owns a town. Mm. According to a law professor at the University of Utah, girls as young as 14 are being married to men three times their age. In, in a this town? relationship in this town. Yep. You have your parents' permission. In a lot of states, that is perfectly legal. That is true. Even Pennsylvania has some whack laws on that, don't they? Yeah. If With yeah. parents' permission, I think in some states it goes as young as 12. It's horrible. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can have sex with a 15-year-old in Pennsylvania as long as you got a note from her father. And you have to be <laughs> within three years, so you can only be as old as 18, something like that. There, there's some statutory rape is, does not apply if you're within three years and the person and the girl is under 16. There's some exceptions to the rule. <laughs> <laughs> ah, PA. <laughs> yeah, how do you talk? Jesus. That's all. I just, it caught my eye and I went, oh. <laughs> sure. Religion is horrible. Okay. <laughs> but if they're not going to do anything about it, you know. Yeah. I don't think there's, do? there's anything to be done. I don't, I, I, they don't want help. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, at least the Amish are trying to change things up, right? They go from town to town, screwing each other. They try to <laughs> go community to community, yeah. I, and I guess the Mormons probably also have that option, but these particular ones, I don't know if they're doing it. Uh, it doesn't doesn't sound like it. No, it doesn't. Well, especially now, since they, there's a known genetic disease, the rest of the Mormons are probably going, eh, no thanks. <laughs> 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 so moving uh, moving on to international news, I wanted to mention this article. It's a good article. The Washington Times put this up. It's uh, Atheists in a Muslim World. Mm. Title of the article is Silent, Resentful, and Growing in Number. So there's a couple of different stories. The first one is a 21-year-old who lives in Babylon, Iraq. She is an atheist, and it talks about how she has to pretend that she is a Muslim and wears the headscarf, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which... I I don't think anybody would be surprised that an atheist is going to pretend to be a Muslim in that society. Yeah. Well, don't I mean it, it that society is worse, but you know, fundamentalist Christian society is not a lot better. You call yourself an atheist and you're going to be shunned at best. Yes, true. There's distinctly a difference though in the Killed I think she would fear for her life. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> so, in the article though, it talks about there's a difference between Egypt, um the Kurdish views and um the the differences between the different sections of, of Muslim majority areas. I found it interesting. Again, link will be on the website. One thing that they mentioned, though, is that Facebook has been – they shut down more than 50 atheist Arabic language pages hmm. after Muslim groups uh, campaigned to remove them. So a, a lot of atheist pages got shut down this last year, but many of them have relaunched. Sure. Uh, apparently, these people are not nice. giving up. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the same reason that kids in fundamentalist Christian areas are becoming atheists, the, the, the Muslim kids are as well. You have access to inf- information that is contrary to what you're being taught by your local iman, and you start thinking for yourself and you become atheist. So I'm sure there, there are probably not as many, but if they have access to the internet, there's got to be a rise in atheism in, in uh, Muslim countries as well. Yeah. But the problem is, is that it, it'll get you killed. <laughs> So atheism itself is actually not illegal in Iraq or in mm. Egypt, but a lot of people level blasphemy laws or mm. charge them with apostasy. 
And a lot of the apostasy laws, it's death, mm. is is what you face. So, well, well, what's the difference between apostasy and atheism? You were formerly a Muslim. If they can prove that you were a Muslim and are now an atheist, you get the death sentence. Huh. Which is going to be anybody, well, in the Muslim society. Anybody in the Muslim society is going to fall under that if they do become atheist. Pretty much. Okay. Fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, this relates to another thing that's happened over in Malaysia. There was an atheist group that posted a picture of themselves on Facebook. And I don't know, there's a, a dozen, two dozen young, I don't know, they look like millennials, <laughs> that age group. They posted their picture to a group and they were all like smiling and, and making peace signs at the camera. And uh, this is, again, a group of, of these guys in Malaysia. The Malaysian government, uh, well, there was an outrage by Muslims in the area. And the Malaysian government is now researching the people who are pictured in this image. Oh, and they are determining if any of these people were formerly Muslim. Muslim. Because wow. if they are formerly Muslim, then they will be charged with apostasy and again face the death sentence. <laughs> this is in Malaysia. And if you listen to some of the, like, what's his name? Reza Aslan? Or and, and people who are in you know the the defense of Islam, mm. you will regularly hear how Malaysia is one of the good examples of a Muslim state. Yeah, except no. This would this would be my key argument to the contrary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I doubt Reza Aslan's going to bring this up. <laughs> no, probably not. Wow. So there are quotes from uh, the Facebook page from Malaysia. They've all been translated. Uh, just to give you an idea, some of the people posting on the page, uh, one of them, if I'm not mistaken, according to the prophets of old, the punishment for apostasy is death. Uh, it is better to die from hanging for murder than to die as an apostate. No heaven if you're an apostate. <laughs> some people just one of them asked, isn't it permissible to kill apostates? So they're... Getting yeah, they're getting a whole lot of attention now. Very dangerous attention. Yeah, and this is from posting. I mean, they freely posted this picture because it's just a group of atheists. But if any of them previously were Muslim, they're getting they're getting called out. What if they're? Are, will they be left alone if they were not formally Muslim? In theory, mm. <laughs> maybe kicked out of the country, but not killed. Wow. I I doubt that the people posting to this Facebook page from some of their posts. I doubt that uh, they're just going to get off scot-free. They're probably, I mean, <laughs> talk about internet bullying. They're probably going to get quite a quite a beating online. Wow. So is this the predominant will of the people or just the predominant will of the those that are currently in charge of the government in Malaysia? I actually don't know if I have enough to answer that question. Okay. Because that's, that's always going to be the argument of Reza Aslan and people like him. Is it, it is the, the, the it is only the current people in power that believe this. The good moderate Muslims of Malaysia don't believe this, and they'll soon vote them out, and we'll get over this. But is that actually true? I don't even think that's legitimate in any case. If he's going to use it as an example of a good Muslim majority country, mm. I don't think it's. Uh, so there was a Armin Navabi put on a uh, a post of this. He said they're now asking uh, for me to be beheaded for starting a group where Malaysian atheists can meet each other. Uh, this is people online are, at, are he's the one that started the group. Uh, he says our Indonesian consulate is also under attack online. Tell me why our Manila consulate is not under such attacks. Is it because of the ec economy? 
Since Indonesia and Malaysia have a higher GDP per capita than the Philippines, it can't be Western colonialism. They're on the same area. Could it possibly be that the Indonesia and Malaysia are Islamic and the Philippines is Christian? Mm. So Indonesia and Malaysia, where, you know, again, Reza Aslan says that those are good examples of a uh, Muslim Moderate. state. Uh, people are calling for their deaths. And this is not, I mean, so one, there are laws that apostasy deserves the death penalty. And two, you have people on Facebook calling out for their deaths. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that this can be said that it is either the government or the people. It's, it's a combination both. of both. Okay. Hmm. It's crazy either way. Yeah. Yeah. Thought crime. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of good news internationally. Uh, I'd like, so we mentioned that Australia was coming down on the anti-vaxxers. The whole, uh, what was it called? No jab, no play. Where if you don't, if you don't <laughs> I love that. If you if you don't get your kids vaccines, then you can't uh, you can't play with other kids. They can't play with other kids. This is apparently not just in Australia. Italy's parliament has passed a law that's a five hundred uh, euro fine if uh, the kids what is it, mandatory for kids up to sixteen that they receive ten childhood vaccinations. Germany has a twenty five hundred. Euro. It's hard for me to not say dollar there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but in any yeah. case, twenty five hundred euro uh, fine for uh, kindergartners who parents refuse vaccines. And same in France, there are eleven vaccines mandatory for children uh, next year, up from three currently. So a lot. But do of they have a cute name for the law? <laughs> they don't. Australia is the only one. <laughs> well, it's a good trend. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's been mumps outbreaks and. Whooping cough and all, whooping cough and all kinds of things. So progress. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I have, I'm curious about wh- where this is going. So with the we talked last time about Trump's coming into power and his Department of Energy takeover uh-huh. and how bad it has been on science. Uh, so it looks like some backlash is starting. Uh, it looks like that several scientists will be running for offices. Yeah. Coming next year, there are. It was either 13 or 18, I think. Scientists are going to be running next year for different political offices because they need to uh, they need to make a difference. They need to see that science is actually being upheld by the government. I thought it was an, it was an interesting trend that you know scientists went. Oh, that's it. We need, we need we need a voice in here, and and to actually be in the chamber and and discuss this logically. It makes sense. I yeah. I mean, I can't think of one politician who was a former scientist. I thought there was only one. I'm trying to remember his name, but it's escaping it's me. Not right Al Gore. Now. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was a lawyer. Yeah. I thought there I was know. one though, but I can't. Again, I can't think of a name. I mean, the, the the former political appointee of the EPA was, or the you know, well, a couple of different agencies. Sure, but appointments, right? Appointments, but not elected officials. Mm. There's been there's been lots of doctors. Yeah, wouldn't Bill Gates fund these guys? <laughs> yeah, doctors. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> like Dr. Tom Price. <laughs> well, um, uh, what's his um, oh, libertarian Texas father son? Oh, Rand Paul. Rand Paul. He's a uh, ophthalmologist or something. Yeah, seen the ravages of Obamacare traveling the country as <laughs> yeah. an eye doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with eye doctors. It's a perfectly no, no, good. No, no, pre- no. <laughs> it's a perfectly good. Just you know, I mean, listen, <laughs> a dentist is a doctor too. Yeah. <laughs> Just have a specialty. That's all. Yeah. 
So Bill Foster is the person that I was trying to find. Bill Foster is he's a representative in Illinois. Uh, he was actually a scientist and is now in a representative for Illinois. So hmm. equally as important. So what was it yesterday? Today, a government report came out on climate change. Mm. Did you guys see this? The uh, no. It's being, well, not surprising. Apparently, everybody under Trump's administration is trying to squelch it. It, it's has, it's a study on temperatures since 1980. And basically, it's a study on climate change and how the impact humans have had on it. And it is very decisive. Uh, 13 agencies. And it concludes that even if humans immediately stopped emitting greenhouse gases, the world would still feel an additional half a degree Fahrenheit of warming over uh, to uh, by the end of the century, wow. which doesn't necessarily sound like much, except it really is. Yeah. They, the study basically details how this will increase the uh, intensity of storms, the sea level, everything, everything you can imagine, everything the climate scientists have been saying for years and they're basically saying look this is going to happen if we stop now it might diminish it, a little it won't be horrific it'll yeah. just be bad <laughs> yeah. god will take care of it yeah, yeah. Jeez. it projects an increase if uh, if the united states doesn't do anything of five to seven point five degrees fahrenheit by the end of the century Whew. So wow. the the difference between if we stop, if we do everything we can right now is 0.5. And if we don't, it's 5 degrees to 7.5 degrees. Oh, that's that's it. Game over at that point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at that point, barrier Mass reefs are going to be gone. Mass extinctions. Yeah. yeah Mass supply is going to be down to next to nothing. Yeah. Well, you lose a lot of cropland. Yeah. I mean, we're going to lose most of Florida, New York City, New Orleans. Chunks of Texas. Yeah, it, it's, we won't be around to see it, but... Well, it doesn't paint a great picture, but it does actually... It does actually... It's better than I expected, mm -hmm. in that if we do something now, it can still have an effect. Sure. It's not... Uh, we, we're not, you know, off the, the edge of the cliff. However, the Trump administration is apparently doing everything they can to make sure that nobody can see this report. It's not public <laughs> yet. People have been leaking information from it. And so, they're also pushing us towards the cliff as hard as they can. Yeah. Who, Trump and his administration? Yeah. Cole, Cole, Cole. God, they love the cliff. <laughs> they really yeah. do. Can't even say climate change. You have to say uh, regressive something or other. Right? Yeah. But between, yeah, God will take care of it and I don't care because I'll be dead. They're really not helping. <laughs> oh, you're forgetting the, the the scientists haven't made up their minds yet. There's still debate out there. Right. Still debate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I found mm. one guy. It's a debate. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Let me explain, Shut up, Joe Pistardi. <laughs> 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 Let me explain scientific consensus again. <sighs> uh, so speaking of the uh, it doesn't matter because we won't be here theory. <laughs> do you have anything to, uh, do, do we have anything you want to talk about for uh, the North Korea stuff that's going on? Because <laughs> apparently North Korea came out and they said that, uh, well, wait, which, which, which happened first? North Korea was, was issuing threats. Well, they Trump did a came test. Out yeah, Trump came out today and said, look, if you keep threatening us, what was it? You will experience uh, fire and fury like no one has ever seen before. Right. Like the <laughs> world has never seen. Well, this is how I heard the timeline went. We put those new sanctions out on North Korea. Right. That passed at the UN. And Kim Jong-un's like, 
that's it. I'm unleashing fucking everything. A thousandfold death on America. Something mm. to that effect. Then today I got a news alert saying Korea has now – North Korea, sorry – is now able to attach a nuclear bomb to a missile, blah, blah, blah. They, they have the capability now. I see and then the an end, hour yeah. later, yeah, I heard Trump's fiery wrath of America bullshit. <laughs> they will be met then- <laughs> with the fire and fury and, frankly, power the likes of which this world has never seen before. Right. Yeesh. Very then- statesmanlike. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm listening to CNN around 7 o'clock. And they're saying that Hawaii is, like, seriously buckling down for a nuke to drop on them right now. Like Guam. Um, Guam, I think. Huh? Yeah, North Korea said we're uh, something about they're investigating their capabilities to hit Guam right now. Oh, uh, well, and what they were talking about on CNN was definitely Hawaii. Yeah, sure. And uh, I don't know, was Guam near Hawaii? I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. It's in the middle of the Pacific <laughs> Ocean somewhere, man. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of further. <laughs> so they were they were talking about that and how like they've been they're prepared for this. They have all these exit routes planned and stuff like that. And then they started talking about duck and cover. Oh my god! And I shit, I shit you not. I shit you not. Wow. They said I, I was shocked. I, I I had to have heard this wrong. They were like, "You might think you can't survive a nuclear blast, but you can." They they said, "Go yeah, to your desk." They said, um, "Duck and cover." No, they said, um, "They said if you're in a house, move to the center of the house." I'm like, "What? How's that going to make a fucking difference?" And they're like, "If you're on the street." Run to a building. If you're on the beach, find a cave. I'm not shitting you. They said this. And they're like, they're, they're, they're putting out these commercials. They're like, it's very much like in the 1960s, you know, mm-hmm. during the Cuban Missile Crisis with duck and cover when we taught children how to protect themselves from nuclear bombs. I'm like, but that was all horseshit. <laughs> well, there, there are two parts to a nuclear explosion. There's the explosion part, which is just a giant ball of fire. And if you're close enough to the center, and it doesn't matter what you do, you're, you're, you're dead. But yeah, if you've got cover and you're around the edge somewhere, if you can stay out of the fireball, you won't burn and die that way. However, there is the whole, um, you know, radiation component of it, which will kill you later, which there is, there are treatments for radiation sickness. So if you can live through the initial explosion, mm-hmm. there's hope. <laughs> <laughs> but they actually I did hear on CNN they said that even though even though all the you know the stigma around duck and cover that is still the best advice that they have to give people. That's sure. exactly what yeah. Don't panic in the streets cuz that ain't going to help. <laughs> <laughs> right, cuz that's their other alternative. Right. They can't just be like listen. If it turns out that these reports that uh North Korea has 60 mini nukes that they can throw at us are true. Just kiss your ass goodbye because that's all you got. (laughs) Telling you right now, Uh, if I lived in Hawaii, like at this exact moment, I would go out and buy a bag of heroin (laughs) and all other kinds of drugs I never tried before. (laughs) And as soon as they're saying like, you got five minutes, I'd be like, get me a fucking spoon. I'm going to try heroin before I die. Just, 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 you don't need a spoon. Just snort it. Just just start eating the heroin. (laughs) That's disgusting. Uh, So, I don't know. I guess my only other hope is, uh, you know, the how crisis level this crisis is. Mm. Because uh, you're getting four Trump removal. Like, if I remember correctly, around about the Cuban Missile Crisis, bought Kennedy a bullet to the head. Mm. So... 
Is there a cigarette smoking man <laughs> organizing something? Kind of hope so. <laughs> Somewhere in the shadows well, that, to uh to get us through this crisis. Well, that's really I the problem know. because between Kim Jong Un and Trump, they're not backing down either of them. They're both lunatics. Yeah, right, but, true. I, but I was thinking about this earlier. Like, I mean, is is Kim Jong Un that fucking crazy? Because I oh, mean, yeah. even if he launches this off, he you know we're gonna wipe North Korea off the map. If that happens. Yes, we would, but he doesn't know that. And I think- He's gotta know. How could he not know that? But I, 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 I think he believes his own propaganda. Right, but they say he doesn't have an anus and doesn't shit. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he knows that he takes shits every day. Well, there's some biological realities he can't get around, but he- he did shoot a hole in one. He saw it with his own eyes. He didn't see the other person grab the ball and shove it in the hole, but he saw that it was in the well, hole when he got there. <laughs> listen, according to the mooch, Trump can do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah they both believe in the hype. Yeah, but that's it. I mean, listen, I just, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, he could be crazy. I don't know. I, I just know that, like, there's no way he wins in this. No. no. And, well, no. <laughs> but, I mean, not only that, but the, the idea that any of these missiles are actually going to hit anywhere. Yeah. I mean, they'll not. hit somewhere. Mm. But the idea the of hitting Guam, I don't know if you've seen how big Guam is, but it's not big. <laughs> and it's, it's a small way away. Yeah. And you're well, talking real... about a, a missile leaving the atmosphere and re-entering mm. in order to hit that far away. Right. The real The real problem is that North Korea can decimate south korea yes with with just standard weaponry and, right and they can definitely hit japan yes absolutely that's the real problem if you push him too far he will do that and right but Trump's again, not gonna he, back down right but i'm just saying even if he does that he knows he's i mean what country in the world's not gonna rally against them and be like no this they gotta go yeah but i think it's what does he have to lose at this point i mean with these sanctions i don't know they can't survive them they're barely hanging on as it is. He well, can't. I thought China was keeping them alive. Yeah, they are. Slave market. Except that China signed on to this. Their only ally. True, they signed on, but they signed the last bit of sanctions as well and then didn't follow them. That didn't follow them, that's true. Yeah. I don't know if China's going to keep supporting them the way they are. But, no. uh, but, I mean, but likely, because China, as I said, China, more than anything, does not want a united Korea. Right. They don't want a united Korea. They don't want North Korea to be completely destroyed. They don't right. want to deal with refugees flooding into Beijing. And they don't want to have a, an, a quote, enemy directly on their border. Right. Which it, would, which it would be at that point. I mean, it's not we're not enemies with China, but we're not friends, <laughs> strangely. I mean, or is this guy smart enough that he just wants a seat at the table and having a nuke will get him at the table? Yeah, but the, the problem is the escalation cycle that we're in at the moment i don't know how we right. get out of it because I, I think nikki haley you know our u.n ambassador actually had it fairly under control and then trump had to open his goddamn mouth mm -hmm. yeah so. i think i think tillerson and haley actually talked to each other yeah yeah <laughs> and then trump just blurted Blurred out whatever is on his mind <laughs> yeah well, I don't know. And, I'm, and i'm sure in his mind he is you know play, paying playing bad cop to their good cop except that kim jong-un doesn't care about that He's crazy. And so is our guy. Yeah. And from what I have read too, he can't. He can't hold. You can't hold his attention for more than thirty seconds. Yeah. Right. Speaking of which, let's talk about the, the propaganda file, the daily briefing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure I've I've heard of this. <laughs> so tell me more. 
<laughs> well, it was Priebus and um, Spicer. Spicer together twice a day. They would combine positive reinforcement articles about Trump and gather them up into manila folders and give them to him twice a day. He was, so At he 9 a.m. and 4 o'clock. Yep. At, at a set time every day. And there were groups of people that com- compiled all this information, sent it to the two of them, and they went through it and figured out what, wanted, what they wanted to do. Oh, and if they didn't have enough materials, they just put good pictures of Trump in the folder. <laughs> Looking presidential. Yeah. That was my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> Really? And that <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And that when the and when the mooch came in, he said it needs to be fucking bigger. Yeah. It was his exact quote. <laughs> <laughs> needs to be better. And now they're both gone and supposedly the positive reinforcement deliveries have become few and fewer fewer and further between. And it's not a good thing. <laughs> so I had a theory after reading this article that it, it kind of fits in some puzzle pieces that have always bothered me about Trump. Mm. So if he all he's watching is Fox and Friends and all this other bullshit and getting these daily uh, you're a good boy folders twice a day, <laughs> it must be shocking to him when he turns on CNN and they're talking, saying like, oh, my God, his approval numbers are down and this and that. And it, maybe he truly thinks it is bullshit. Oh, yeah. As soon as he says something, that becomes fact. Everything they say is not true in his head. I'm sure of that. Like, so he must be thoroughly shocked when he's like, but I get all this positive shit all day. Everybody's saying good things about me. And, you I, know, why do they keep saying bad things? They're fucking awful. And he shakes his head and he goes, oh, they're such liars. I can't believe we can let them get away with this. Why do we let them get away with this? Oh, right. First Amendment. Yeah, right. All right. <laughs> got a lot of problems in this country, but number one that we got to get done is leakers. Yeah, <laughs> leakers. Fake news. Fake news. No, I... I'm sure he actually thinks that NBC and CBS and PBS and CNN, all those people are lying. And only or just out to get him. Are out to get him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure that's true. Dangerous level of paranoia. Yeah. That is a Kim Jong-un Not if you live in an insulated bubble where everybody feeds you this bullshit. Yeah. I mean, do you think anybody going into that Oval Office and being like, we need to talk. Your fucking numbers are way down. <laughs> Like, is anybody saying that to him? Or are they no. just fit, handing him the manila folder and just going on his business as usual? They, when there wasn't enough good things said about him in the in the press, they put pictures of his face in there just to make yeah, him happy. Yeah, because he's a five-year-old. Yeah. I used to like looking at pictures of myself, too, when I was five. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't even look in the mirror. But <laughs> It's, yeah. I don't want to hear the uh, psychological analysis of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, Pence. So, as it turns out, there is a super PAC for Pence. Yeah. Did he... Wait, what? Why? Did he start it or did somebody start it for him? So... Well, he can't start a super PAC. Somebody else has to start it. Yeah. But there's no way to know if he's involved at all. In theory, he shouldn't be involved in any way. But... Who knows? Now, Pence did come out and say the idea that he would be running for president in 2020 is ludicrous. He's completely on board with Trump. And I don't know who would believe anything that comes out of his mouth. So (laughs) it's possible there is a super PAC for Pence for Mm -hmm. 2020. (laughs) So I'm wondering if some section of the Republican, you know, the Koch brothers, the, you know, whoever, if they aren't starting this PAC on the just in case. Well, from what I understand, and I don't know a lot about grand juries and and Mm. all that shit, but this grand jury thing is really, really bad, they said for him. Considering that they're looking into personal finances and money laundering, you know he's a tax cheat. I mean... Well, not only that, they're (laughs) saying 
a, a guy like Bob Mueller doesn't start a grand jury unless he's got something. Right. Sure. So they've got something good. And it may be nothing to right. do with Russia collusion. It might be just, oh, my God, tax fraud. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yin they say when it, yeah, when it comes down to this, like, they have a very broad scope to look at. I mean, they do. look at look at what Ken Starr did. Yeah. He he was looking into a real estate deal, and next thing you know, it was Monica Lewinsky. Right. And, you know. And what's his name? The um, the guy that appointed Mueller reiterated in the news a couple of days ago, I'm not limiting him. I'm not going to pull him back. He's doing his job. Don't ask me again. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that shitbag Ken Starr was on CNN saying that Mueller is going too far. Can what? you fucking believe the gall of these people? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> the two-faced. Ugh. Yeah, but at least, uh, what's his, Cuomo. Chris Cuomo was like, yeah, but didn't you? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> didn't you go in a different direction from your initial, you know, instructions? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I was well within my bounds <laughs> with mine. But Mueller, he's gone too far. Can't look into personal finances. Be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Blue dresses with semen on them. Now, that's a real estate deal. You don't see the correlation? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So speaking of Two-Face, did you see the, uh, I'm sure that uh, Jared did, the Bill Maher, what if it was Obama that had said these things? (laughs) That was amazing. Where they took Trump quotes and had an Obama impersonator say them? (laughs) Yeah. My favorite was when he was uh, talking about dick size. That was probably the best. <laughs> I don't know. It was something about him saying that the White House was a dump that I like. He's like, well, what I'm saying is the White House is a dump. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I was reading an article about the work that they're doing in the White House. They're replacing the air conditioning and they're replacing the carpet and it's costing over a million dollars to replace the carpet. I'm like, what kind of? Carpet is this? Carpet is going on, and how much carpeting is there? Well, that's amazing. Well, I mean, there's a lot. House, the White House big. is big. It is a very large building. But that's ridiculous. I gotta think some of it is hardwood floor. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I see it in movies, there's carpet, carpet. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they were there was they were talking about how there's been some flies in the White House. Has been they have had a problem with flies, and so there's one. It's the summertime. It's got windows. It's gonna have flies, but th- th- there's more Aww. than there should be. So anyway, okay. so there's a fly in the Oval Office. Trump calls Spicer <laughs> to come kill it. <laughs> well, you got to have the workers do that. You can't uh, can't have the nobles be killing the flies. Sean, tell me you are working on a book right now. I gotta know what's going on. <laughs> Take a vacation first. We understand. <laughs> do you think there's an extra amount of flies in there because Obama was hiding like meats and shit in places where they couldn't find them? <laughs> Just a fucking Trump. Just leave a hot dog in this drawer. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Well. <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to call it for this week. Does anybody have anything else? Nope. Nope. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to uh, contact us, there are now four ways for you to contact us. Ooh. If you'd like to uh, leave Ooh-hoo. a comment or question, you can leave it on the website, profaneargument.com. You can hit us on Twitter at profanearg, email godless at profaneargument.com, or we now have a public Facebook page. Facebook.com slash profane argument. You can leave comments on there if you would like or any articles that you would like to uh, discuss. Also, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by sharing the podcast on social media, by leaving reviews on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and now Stitcher. We're available on Stitcher now. (laughs) Uh, Or wherever else you happen to listen. And finally, I'd like to encourage you to check out other podcasts on the Soon To Be Named Network. You can go to soontobenamednetwork.com where you can try all the other shows for comics, movies, TV, video games, whatever you're into. 
I want to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you, good night, and may your God go with you. Hail Satan. (laughs) Hail Satan. Someone